Welcome to Faith Family in the Force. I'm Oliver. And I'm Annabeth. Faith Family in the Force is a podcast about just that, our faith, our family, and our experiences as Oliver is in the Air Force. And on today's episode, we are re-releasing one of our favorite episodes where we do a book review on sacred spaces. We hope you enjoy the show. What's going on, guys? So today on Faith, Family, and the Force, we're going to be mixing it up a little bit. Tell them what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to do a book review today of a military-themed book. And I think we're going to do this periodically every once in a while because I think there are not a ton of military books out there, um, but there are a handful that might be helpful. So we're going to let y'all know if you should read this or not. Perfect. So what's the name of the book? So it's called Sacred Spaces by Corey Weathers. Nice. And if you were to describe this book, like where would you go in a Barnes and Nobles or what would you type in on Amazon as like this, not subject or theme, but like, you know, what genre of book is this? Oh, um, I don't know. So like maybe a military self, self-help type book, self-care, a little bit of religious, a little bit of non-self-help. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't fit uh, probably any particular genre. How did you find this book? So I actually saw several people recommend it um, on some Facebook Military Wives Facebook groups that I'm in. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, that does sound interesting. Um, and then I read it. Okay. Yeah. And so Annabeth read it and then she was so moved by the book, hence why we're talking about it. And also I read it and I was as well moved by the book. Um, we both enjoy reading and we're avid readers. And that's something that we uh, if you have listened to our podcast before that we talk about is reading. So we'll dive right in. Um, so what's the book about? Okay, so it is about this lady who uh, is married to an army chaplain, and she gets the opportunity to go with a, on a trip to the Middle East with the Secretary of Defense and other press and different people like that um, to just go and see what it's like for the deployed military members. And then they had asked her to write, not she didn't plan on writing a book at first, I think, but they asked her to write for like the military magazine, um, her experience and just to help other spouses get a, an idea of what it's like for the deployed military member. Absolutely. Yeah. The biggest thing I can say about the book that was like kind of summarizing it is that she worked for, a ma- the, I don't know what magazine it was. I had never heard of it. It's called Military Magazine. Is that wrong? I don't know. Like I don't hang out at the BX or PX or anywhere like that. So not too sure about that. So what was like the overarching theme that like made you love this book so much? And if you could summarize like the big theme. I think... I'm not going to, we don't want to give too much away because you can go read it for yourself. But I think it's just, for me, was a huge shift in my perspective of people getting deployed and specifically when Oliver is deployed. Um, I think it really changed that. And going into it, when I first started reading it, I didn't 
honestly think it was going to be that relevant to me because I was like, oh, she's married to an army chaplain. Like that's way different than what Oliver does. And so I thought it wouldn't be relevant in a way with that. And it totally was like she kind of hit most everything you can deal with in a deployment in a way. And I mean, the biggest thing was just understanding how, what the military member goes through, but mainly how they feel and the just pull and tug, I guess, of being deployed and having a family at home. Absolutely. It was really cool from my perspective to see that her, like the author's uh, overall theme of just perspectiveness and understanding what the other individual is going through for someone who has deployed, like I have, I totally like everything she was saying and like feeling, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Check that box. That's true. And Annabetha's like, oh, I didn't know you quite felt that way or that like it was possible to feel that way, that you want to do something, but at the same time, you don't want to do something. You want to go, but you want to stay. And I think that's one of like the first quotes that you wanted to talk about uh, kind of. So as she's getting ready to go on the trip, it's funny because her and her husband kind of switch places. She's going on the trip um, to the Middle East, like don't know when they'll be able to talk and leaving her kids at home and going not, she wasn't in super danger at any point, but obviously she's never been there. And in, a, I wouldn't say, I don't know if you would say war zone, but absolutely. Okay. They were a hundred percent war zones. Okay. So just, I'm sure obviously very nervous. And so switching places and then her husband was staying at home with the kids and actually like getting them moved into a new house and all of that. And so she says in here, like one of the first few pages when she's talking about leaving, like she wanted to go and she wanted to, you know, take this opportunity that was given to her, but she also wanted to stay. She wanted to get on the plane because she felt called to do it and to show her children that she could fulfill a calling, um, even though it was a difficult choice to make. And, but she also wanted to run from the whole thing and choose her family just to prove to them that they were the most important thing in her life. And then she says, I wondered if Matt, her husband, um, had felt this way before deployments. So what would you say? Like, did you feel that before your deployment? Yes, but not necessarily the same severity because there's this uniqueness of like her situation and then like anyone in the military, right? We volunteered, we signed up. And even though you don't always know what you're signing up for, you have a general idea, right? We talked about that a couple podcasts ago. Um, however, comma, she still semi had the option to back out. Right. Like the normally the military member can't just go to the commander and be like, I don't really don't want to go on the deployment. My family, my this, my that. And they're kind of like tough cookies. Like you've known about this or sorry, this is why you're going because you need to follow order. So like, I thought that was really good because I definitely feel that way. Uh, like, yes, I want to go. Yes, I want to stay. I need to fulfill my calling in this warrior ethos thing I uh, have going on. But at the same time, like I wasn't, hers wasn't quite as like serious, but it did highlight that. Like for me, I was like, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and so one of the cool things I thought that her husband did, he, I think, came up to her and gave her permission. Like, you can go. I'm releasing you 
you can trust me to take care of things here. Like you have this opportunity and this purpose, like go do that and you're going to be great. And I thought that was so for him to realize that she needed that. I thought that was really cool and awesome of him to do. But then also we can do that as the military spouse before our husbands or wives get deployed too. And I think that can be so encouraging and just a good way to send them off for a deployment. Yeah, I really like that because it allowed her, because she was the one leaving in this situation, to focus on her task at hand, even though she was still going to be distracted or even if Annabeth says that to me or the military member is still going to be thinking about home and stuff, but just verbalizing like, hey, like I release you, go forth and go conquer, go do your calling. Like that's huge. Like, and yes, of course, there's going to be some doubt and things like that. But at the same time, having that said, it throws a gauntlet out there and it's one less thing to stress about in the same capacity. Yeah. So honestly, the biggest thing that one, I think it made the biggest impact or surprised me the most, which I don't know why it did, but she was visiting a, a few weeks before Christmas, I think. And she expected when she talked to different military members and was interviewing them, she expected them all to be just miserable because they weren't going to be home for Christmas and they weren't. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about y'all not being miserable the whole time you're deployed, which is kind of silly after the fact. But I think a lot of times we just get this idea in our head, which I'm not saying deployments are easy or, you know, fun all the time or, you know, everyone has a different deployment experience. But in general, I think, which you can correct me on this, um, you aren't miserable the whole time. And a lot of times you are enjoying what you're doing because that's what you've been working for this whole time. (laughs) Like you're doing your job and you're serving your country. That's why you joined the military in the first place. And I think if you haven't, if you're not in the military and haven't, you know, been around or been exposed to that at all, we have this idea that like, oh my gosh, they're in, you know, the Middle East and they're deployed, they're going to be gone for four months. Like they're probably just miserable the whole time. And that's not always the case, right? Right. That's not always the case. Yeah, of course, anyone can be miserable at any moment or for any length of time. But especially when you're in a not so like awesome place or environment in the world, like it doesn't do you any good to choose to be miserable. Like you're miserable just naturally. However, comma, like I will say, like you have such a cool opportunity to spend holidays in different places with different people and get to know them and start new traditions and just love on people in general, right? Especially with some of the camaraderie and stuff that happens during deployments and over the holidays. So yeah, I, I never thought about it. I was always being miserable, but I mean, yeah, you're miserable sometimes, sure. 
And I also think part of that, Oliver and I had this conversation after I read this, was he didn't always tell me if he had a super great day and had a really cool flying experience and really enjoyed it that day. But he did tell me usually if he had a bad day. And I think it's partly because they don't, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm having so much fun on this deployment without you. <laughs> like, You don't want to do that to your spouse. But I, I kind of wanted him to do that sometimes to know that he was having good days and not just having a horrible time the whole time. And so I think if you're how you have to find a balance with it, right? You don't want to just complain every time you talk to your spouse and tell them how miserable you are, but you don't want to be like, I'm having the best time without you, <laughs> you know, every day either. I think you have to have a find a balance and know when to say things and when not to say things, all of that. But I think as a military member, like realize it's okay to tell your spouse, like, hey, I had a really cool day. Like I got to fly this mission and it was successful. You know, I think that's a good thing to share too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you pro trip, pro, pro tip out there, guys and girls. Um, anytime I'm on a trip or anything and Annabeth's like, oh, how's it going? And like, it's going really good. Like everything's just awesome. I normally underplay it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Like it's real uneventful, which in the flying world, uneventful is amazing. Like that's awesome. Um, but I always like talk about the weather. Normally I'm like, oh, the weather is really crappy here, blah, 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 blah. Because even though it's not, it could be like sunny and like 75 degrees out and perfect. I just, I kind of say that just so like she doesn't get jealous, uh, you know, just kind of brings me a little bit back to humbleness there and whatnot. Take that for what you want or grain of salt, but we'll get back to the book review now. Okay. So like we said, just throughout the whole book, just little things that she says gives you so much perspective. And one thing I didn't think about was when they they are returning home and to realize like they have been in you know who knows where the middle of nowhere with a bunch of other guys probably a few women as well now but like m- m- for majority mostly guys and have just been doing their job and that's it they didn't have to worry about anything else and so she says in here um I imagine what it would be like to grow so accustomed to this all-professional, all-adult environment and then return to home life, children, and civilians. Spouses can be baffled when a service member comes home and doesn't seem to notice that a door needs to be closed to protect a toddler. They may have forgotten household habits that are second nature to the spouse at home. How easy this would be to interpret this as the service member not caring, being disconnected, or insensitive. In reality, he or she has not thought about child safety for months they need time to reorient into a new environment. Wow. I, I, she, the author here puts that in a, like a really simple and great way that like a lot of service members just can't say to their significant other, you know, when they come home is that like, honey, I've been gone for X amount of time. I haven't had to deal with any of this stuff. And you're expecting me to hit the ground running with it all? Like, yes, I like I, that's a 
valid expectation in a way, but it's not like the greatest expectation. However, like it is so true. It's just so true because when you're deployed, a lot of times you don't see kids in the same light. You don't see animals or dogs and you don't think, you think everyone is a, in a professional environment doing their job and working 24 seven, seven days a week. And so you're just not worried about all this little stuff. I wouldn't call them inconveniences, but it's just different. It's so, so different. And so when you come home, your mind isn't adjusted yet and it takes some time, hence why they call it a reintegration period. And so I would just, that was such a like good thing that she brought up, the, the author did in this book. Yeah, because I think as a spouse, we can get so, like she said, just be baffled. Like, how could you forget to close that door or... Like the other day, Oliver said something about, this is not deployment, but he said something about um, Jude not taking his morning nap. And I was like, Jude hasn't taken a morning nap in months. Like, where have you been? And we just are like surprised. And to us, it might seem like common sense. We're like, how are you not thinking about this? How did you not remember not, you know, to put a razor where Jude can reach it or something like that? And so we just have to, we need to realize they haven't been in this environment in so long and got used to a different environment. And we just need to give them grace and maybe gently remind them, hey, don't put a knife where our kid can reach it or something. Absolutely. And the morning nap thing, come on, don't attack me about that. I was gone for like a week and then another weekend. And so I just, I don't even know what times I'm in. I'm in half the time. So... Um, One thing she says in here that I'll read uh, that we really enjoyed as a quote was, I now understand that it was necessary for him to be transformed during deployment. He came home transformed, not broken. Y'all, just to be truthfully honest, Hollywood does no justice to the military members and soldiers coming home from war, what you see. They do show the deep, dark, terrible things, the brokenness and all this. And that it needs to be highlighted, and there's a time and place for that. But what they're not showing is the members who come home pr- proud and normal. I say normal. You're not really normal because you are transformed. I love the way she put that in the book. But it's just there is a sense of pride. There is a sense of, wow, I went off and fought war, especially if you're like me and like you have this kind of like I mentioned it earlier, but earlier, but like a warrior ethos mentality where you're like, it is good for young men and women to go off and fight and do this thing. This instills pride and joy and all these different emotions and a different type of virtue. So I really appreciated that as she talked about the transformation that happens after a deployment and after you see things and you appreciate what you have at your house, the where you live and where you grew up and all this stuff. Yeah. And I think, so her husband had a, really rough deploy. I mean, he saw a lot of his men and people get killed. And so for him, he came back and he really felt broken, thought he was broken. And then she says that quote, like he wasn't broken, he was transformed. But I think even if you don't have a super traumatic, I think that would be the best word, deployment, if you you're not seeing a bunch of your own men get killed or whatever else. 
it's still, no matter what, they're still going to be transformed, no matter what their deployment was like, Um, because they're going through something that most of the world doesn't, like, isn't ever going to experience, and you are just in a different environment and seeing different things, and... So I think no matter what, you're going to be transformed. And I think that's important for spouses and family members to realize is they're not coming back. They're the same person, but they're coming back just a little bit different, has a different perspective of the world and their job. And like I said earlier, we just have to give them grace and realize they're going to be transformed. But so is the, I think, the spouse that's at home they're going to be transformed in a way too for sure 100 percent, absolutely and so i think some like some of the cool things about this and annabeth are going to talk about this on our own personal level is just your calling my calling as a military member i know with absolute certainty that like the good lord has told me like oliver you're going to go and be in the air force and fly fight and win for a couple more years, you know, like I've put this, I've given you this, you need to go and fight wars. You need to go and do this while you can right now, because I have another adventure for you, another calling for you in a little bit, just not right now. And so I can hundred percent say that. And I have confidence in that. And I tell Annabeth that, and I've told her that and we talk about it regularly. Hey, this is my calling right now. And when, you know, what is your calling? What are you hearing that the Lord is telling you to do or, you know, what do you feel on that? So it's really interesting because um, she talks about this in the book that it's not just her husband's calling, that this is a calling for both of them together. And to her, for her, she said um, she felt like an extension of him at home while he was deployed because he was taking care of, because again, he was a chaplain. So he was taking care of his guys there and she was taking care of going and talking and making sure all their spouses were okay. And so she's like, she said, or like I said, she felt like an extension of him and that they were both called to do this together. And Oliver, obviously different job, not a chaplain, but I feel that same way too. Like I feel like God has called us and put us here right now in the Air Force and in the area we're in and given us opportunities for this season um, and that we are called to do this together and that my calling right now is to be a wife and a mom. And as right now, as of right now, that means a military wife and a mom to Jude. And I think it's important for couples to be on the same page with that and realize, because when you start saying, oh, well, that's his thing. He's in the Air Force and I'm just here. It gets very difficult. And I think it can make things more complicated and spouses can get more upset because they're like, well, when is it going to be about me? When do I get to decide where we're moving? When will I get to put my career first? And I don't think that's a good way to look at marriage in general. And so I think if you think about it more of we're in this together, this is our purpose right now and our calling. Um, And God put us here for a reason. I think it's going to help your marriage and 
help just let your perspective of your spouse being in the military. I love it. Preach, girl, preach. So overall, what would you rate this book as and how would you recommend it? Are we doing like uh, out of five stars? Five out of five or four out of five or zero out of five. Yeah, five stars. I mean, probably like 4.5 stars out of five. That's awesome. 4.5. Wow. I would, I would just going to say four, four out of five stars. It's a great book. I honestly, after reading it, I would suggest every military spouse to read it. Wow. Yeah. I think it's super helpful. Great book. I will say there is a chapter in there where, like I said, her husband saw a bunch of his guys get killed and, um, when she's talking about that, I cried the entire chapter. It's very sad. And so if you are super anxious about your husband going and getting deployed, maybe don't read this while he's deployed because I I think it could make you even more anxious. Um, But overall, I would say it will help you a lot with their deployment and their returning home. And yeah, I highly recommend. Awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend you watching Black Hawk Down while your husband's deployed either, or, you know, a lot of scary war movies just in general. I don't think that's super healthy. Um, but I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I totally would recommend this book. I wouldn't say to all the military spouses out there, but I would say a lot of them could really benefit from this just based on understanding the perspective. And I think it would create a lot of cool conversations that you just don't know how to bring up with each other. Um, the parts Anna Beth cried in were different, <clears throat> excuse me, different than the parts I cried in. So if there's that for you and her crying in a book is pretty impressive to me. So it must've been a really good one anyways. So go ahead. Would you suggest for the military member, any to read it at all? Absolutely. I would say that if both couple, the couple should read it um, kind of in tandem or close by, maybe at the same time, because then the person can say like the deployed member can be like, oh yeah, like I felt this way. And her, the significant other can be like, oh wow, I didn't know you felt that way, but now I know. And I can, I can do something about it or I can be prepared about this, you know, and that's ultimately my hope for all the spouses out there who are staying home while their other spouse goes out and deploys is that they'll just be prepared and be understanding and loving and supportive, right? And then the other way for all the deployed members who can be able then to explain and also be prepared for coming home and leaving and being gone. So just being being there for each other and loving. Yeah, I think so too. And I think um, a while ago, Oliver and I did an episode where we talked about pre-deployment and our deployment experience and post-deployment. And I think this would be, we in that pre-deployment one, we said some things about how you can prepare. And I think honestly, reading this book together is a great way to prepare for a deployment. If you know you have one coming up, wait till you're, you know, three months out, two months out and read it together before you leave. I think that'd be really helpful. Absolutely. Totally recommend that. Yeah. 
I think that's all. <laughs> all right, guys. So the book is called Sacred Spaces by Corey Weathers. We'll leave a link um, in the title and stuff in the description. We appreciate you all listening. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe in all podcast areas. Thank you so much. So my last question is, when you are deployed, how can you still keep each other accountable? That's tough. Um, So for me, deployed, a lot of my accountability is with the people I'm deployed with. Um, Just by nature, like, I'm with those people for a long time. They're going to know who I am. They're going to know a lot more about me more intimately. And so that's something like me as the person who's deployed is I, I, I lean on those people specifically because I need the in-person, person-to-person accountability. Like I can do the text message and the phone call every once in a while or the FaceTime, like that's good. And that's, and that meets, you know, checks the box. However, like I like the person-to-person. And also like I have to lean back on Annabeth because we're phone calling or FaceTiming, like communication isn't quite the same. And so that's something like the level of accountability doesn't necessarily change, but the intensity in a way does, if that makes sense. Like I, you can hold me accountable, but it's really on my own. Like it's kind of a less intense accountability. Yeah, I think so. And I think doing things together um, when you're deployed is just good for your marriage anyway. But that's also a good way to hold each other accountable, knowing, hey, we're doing this Bible plan on the Bible app together. Hey, you didn't do it today. Did you forget? Did you not have time? You're going to do it tomorrow? You know, that sort of thing. And 
still just asking each other questions. You know, just because Oliver's gone doesn't stop him from asking me, hey, did you go to the gym today? How was your workout? Or what are you eating for dinner? That sort of thing. Asking questions is, I think, a great way to get the conversation going, knowing what's going on in their life and an easy way to make sure they're doing what they said they wanted to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of accountability in your marriage is done just with the normal conversation, the normal questions that you probably ask each other every day. And that's good. That's, you know, adding, having that in your routine is awesome. And it's okay to ask your husband for help and ask him to hold you accountable for stuff. If you are struggling and don't feel embarrassed, like if your husband makes you feel like you should be embarrassed, that's stupid and they need to work on that. But, um, you know, don't be insecure. Don't be embarrassed. Like he loves you. And same thing, vice versa. Like, y'all are married and just be honest and open and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this or I need help with this. Or will you hold me accountable with this? Because I want to be better. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. I think that's all for today. All right, guys. We appreciate y'all listening.